Collision Reviews is what we're doing here right now on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. Hello, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes and welcome to the AEW Collision Review. This is what we do every Sunday. We settle in, we take a look at the previous night's collision and uh, share some thoughts. How you doing? Hope you're having a lovely Sunday so far. Hope your weekend is quite amenable and uh, it is very amenable for you to be here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on your favorite podcast application and wherever it is you are deciding to consume this uh, this choice podcast, uh, I would uh, invite you to leave a like, let's say if it's on YouTube or a subscription, again, let's say if it's on YouTube or uh, some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and some five-star ratings on Spotify. Those things help out tremendously and uh, would be tremendously appreciated. It's just a bunch of tremendous stuff happening. If you decide to help grow the channel with these little, tiny, seemingly insignificant things, but nonetheless, very, uh, very, very welcome. Um, so, uh, listen, this has been the, this is the collision stuff, stuff, yeah, it's stuff, it is a show, a pro wrestling show, uh, that, uh, happened on, uh, October 28, 2023, uh, from uh, the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. WrestleTix has the attendance at 4,079 tickets distributed. Um, that was a, that was somewhat of a boost uh, from, uh, from about a week ago. Um, just about 1,000 tickets added to the show uh, after, they, uh, after it was announced that uh, MJF and Kenny Omega are going to be main eventing, having their first time match. Uh, you know, I don't think this is attendance that blows anything out of the water. They're a little over than their than their average. Again, you know, not a bad number. Things seem to be on the uptick for attendance. I'm not sitting here, you know, trying to tell you it's like, oh well, all the woes have been solved. All the attendance issues that AEW has had that's plagued the company. For the past few months are all settling in. No, 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 no. I'm not, uh, I am in no way saying that. However, um, we are, uh, we are noticing a little bit of an uptick. Uh, are we delivering on, uh, bigger main events? Maybe. Are, uh, is the ground crew doing a better job, you know, on a local level to uh to take everything uh to uh to 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 get as many people into the arenas as possible. I think it's a conjunction of things. I yeah, I don't think you can point the finger at just one single thing. Um, you know, even though we like to joke about how Mystico a couple of weeks ago, you know, added a you know, a thousand or so tickets to uh to the show, uh to the dynamite show uh from uh, it's, it's already been two weeks, right? Holy smokes, time flies. Um you know, we like to, but look, on one hand, yes, Mystico is a demonstrable draw, but there's also other things uh, contributing to uh, uh, to the, uh, contributing to this, making sure that, uh, um, ma- making sure that more and more people get into, uh, get into collision. So it's not just a question of, are they announcing big man events? Of course, that helps. Can't get, I think it's hard to consider that MJF versus Kenny Omega was not a highly anticipated match for a bunch of reasons, but you know, one notwithstanding is the uh, is the attendance. And look, I've heard you know all sides of the argument, 
both sides. You know, the people who think that uh, that they should have waited on this or the people who uh, agree that this is something that they had to do. And uh, listen, I, I don't know if I had done if I had done this any different than what AEW decided to do here, in all honesty. Um, you, you know, I, we talk about it every week here, how the attendance figures are a struggle week after week. You know, they're doing a, a, a quarter, a third sometimes, but, you know, a, a quarter of the, uh, uh, of, uh, the capacity of the venues they're attending. So you want to put everything on, you know, on your side to try and get the proverbial butts in the seats. Um, however, you know, I don't think, look, was the extra thousand-ish tickets, I don't know what the exact figure is, but the extra tickets that they did tack on to the show after the announcement, was it worth burning your... Uh, Arguably one of the top matches that you had in your company, right? MJF, Kenny Omega, two tippy top guys in the company. One current former, one one current, <laughs> a current former champion, and then a current champion. <laughs> um, you know, uh, putting these two guys in the same tippy top guys in the company. Could you have milked this? Could you have juiced this for a little more uh, revenue, let's say, on a pay-per-view? Probably. And, you know, most likely, quite honestly, most likely you could have done that. Uh, I believe it was, um, you know, a lot of people call it booking malpractice to have put this on a on a collision with like three days, uh, with uh, three days uh, build advance. I, 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 I find it hard to disagree, you know. Uh, I'm also a proponent of cool matches. Just give me cool matches. You know, between that and sitting around and watching, you know, a couple of guys have a very ordinary match, just slap on something big for me on a Saturday night. And, and, and here's the other thing, right? We're talking about Saturday nights and attendance, but ratings too. Um, not that the, you know, I would assume that the rating situation is pretty much what they expected or doing quite uh, quite well. I'm, I, I would assume that uh, TNT, TBS, Warner Bros. Discovery, essentially, would be satisfied with the, uh, with the outcome uh, of, uh, of ratings over the past couple of days, uh, over the past few weeks, especially since the departure of CM Punk, where ratings are pretty much essentially where they were when CM Punk was still around. So there wasn't a big loss there, but there's still, nonetheless, you know, ratings battles that go on on Saturday nights because of live sports. And we we know because we've observed this, uh, we've we've seen uh, 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 w, um, we've seen that WWE PLEs cut into uh, viewership of Collision when there is a, a a when Collision runs opposed to a WWE premium live event. There is an absolute uh, observable, I should say, drop in um, in figures. So you know, all of this is 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 stuff that uh, 
Uh, all of this is stuff that you that, that that you can take into consideration as to whether or not you should put a big match. You know, the rating on Tuesday will be very telling as to whether or not this was a strategy that paid off or not. Okay, get it. But like, I I I find it hard for me, despite the fact that I understand, and I don't entirely disagree with this idea. If this was booking malpractice. That this should not have been booked three days in it, pre, you know, in advance. And I, I get it. I understand it, and it makes sense. And I can't fault anyone for having that that train of thought. I, I you know, it makes perfect sense to me. But um, <laughs> there, the I guess the part of me that comes through stronger in this debate, right? The this very cunning debate between uh you know the thousands of bookers that exist online is that uh is sometimes you just want the cool match sometimes you just need to put it together especially while you have it right uh you know one of tony khan's problems within his his booking is that he sometimes will sit on a match for too long and uh and will end up not getting it for multiple reasons uh, injuries, uh, you know, storyline uh, progressions, so on and so forth, contracts, whatever. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's still, you know, you want to talk about booking malpractice. You know, we had Red Dragon and the Young Bucks in the same promotion at the same time and we never got a proper tag team match between the two. So, you know, it, like all of this sort of, you know, it comes together for me. It's weird. You'd think I'd feel very strongly about one or the other, but I don't. And this all boils down to internal strategy here. And if the strategy is let's pop ratings, let's get people into the building, I can't fault them, you know. I just can't fault them. And here's the thing. Nothing nothing can keep us from having a, a, a second match, right? Maybe the stakes will be a little higher next time. MJF falls short this time, but what about next time kind of thing? So, you know, um, I'm I'm not I'm not too upset about it. And, you know, if if you know, gun to my head, you you ask me, hey, Warren. Gun to my head, right? Like this. Hey Warren. You gotta pick. Do you are you do you think it was a good idea to book MJF and Kenny Omega on a Saturday night for free with three days build? Or was it a bad idea? I said, ultimately, it's a good idea. <laughs> I, I I don't feel, I you know, but, but like I said, you know, anyone who, I don't think anyone who feels like this is a bad thing, that this was something that was, that should not have been a, quote you know a throwaway match and i'm doing air quotes not as if someone actually said that i don't i, I haven't read anyone call this like a throwaway a match you'd throw away um you know despite that i you know i sort of look at all this and i'm like eh, it really doesn't matter and i can't i can't argue with anyone who feels that way that's that's the point i'm trying to make i can't i can't argue with anyone who feels that way Who's like, no, 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 I absolutely have to, you know, I absolutely this should have been saved. Because they're right too. They're, they are right. This could, should have been saved. You know, just on the premise that these are AEW originals. Day one guys. You know, top guys in that company. 
that should have been enough. But that's not what we got, did we? Instead, we got MJF versus Kenny Omega. But we're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to run through the show that opened up with uh, Jay White defeating A.R. Fox. Good little match that we got here. Uh, A.R. Fox, per usual, doing his spectacular stuff. Landing a cutter and his shooting star press. Exploder suplex in the corner. Dragon screw and a mood lock by Jay White. Slingshot senton topicon hilo by Fox and a... Twisting suplex and a swanton bomb as well. But Jay White lands a half and half after a little bit of diversion from the Bullet Club Gold and hits the Blade Runner to win the match. After the match, though, MJF runs in with a hoodie through the crowd and he tries to steal his title back, but he fails and he's outnumbered, so he hits the bricks. I I like this little wrinkle where he's like, I'm going to try and sneak in and do it. But then when the members of Bullet Club Gold sort of to started to swarm around him, he took a powder, continuing to add to this idea that he needs three other guys to take them on. He needs backup. Where are his friends? He's, you know, alone, he can't do this. So, you know, if anything, setting up the match for Wednesday, the eight-man match, uh, eight-man tag, I should say, um that's very 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 that that's a, that's a, that's a, a a nice little detail here just to hammer home he really needs some friends he has friends but they're not around and enemies are trying to be friends it's a nice little wrinkle here i uh, i i that, that was a good easy peasy little bit of booking here the acclaimed and billy gunn speaking of are they're backstage? Uh, they talk about you know being trios champ champions next next Saturday. They're going to be champions for sixty nine days, and they're going to have a sixty nine celebration. And then Max Caster gets you know he's he got catfish. Whatever, it's it's all right. Um, then we uh, go back to the ring to have the guns defeat the boys, as in Dalton Castle's the boys. This was a squash essentially. Don't forget the guns are going to be challenging for the Ring of Honor titles at uh, full gear. So we got to give them a little, a little heaty heat. Ryan Nemeth tries to get a meeting with CJ Perry. He's at the door. He knocks on the door, but Miro is in her office for some reason. And then he drags him in and beats the tar out of him. Okie dokie. AEW Women's World Title Fright Night Fight. The yearly Abaddon match. That sounds condescending. But tell me I'm wrong. I know she's been injured. But still, she's been cleared for a while as well. Tell me I'm wrong. Abaddon uh, was defeated by Hikaru Shida. Who retained the title. It was alright, I guess. You know, another one of these plunder theme matches. You know, where you have all sorts of... You know, theme shit strewn around the ring. You know, if you hated the Thanksgiving uh, WWE, you know, Thanksgiving spread matches, whatever the fuck they were called, when they all had the mashed potatoes and the gravy and all that. If you hated those matches, you should hate this, right? Um, You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's 
there's a there's a level of stuff here where you're like, oh, come on, you know. It's like, well, why did Sheeta think it was a good idea to use a foam tombstone, right? Let's say for a second she thought this was a real tombstone. Let's just, for a minute. She looks at the tombstone in the ring. She's like, oh, shit. This is made out of, you know, carved granite, stone. But the minute she picks it up, she has to go, oh, this is fucking useless, you know, right? I don't know. Still, you know, I'm crapping on the setup, but it was still a better stage setup than uh, whatever the hell they had at the, the NWA show. Anyway, the crowd is chanting for tables and pumpkins, and the final stretch of this match did pick up a little bit. I will say Abaddon hit a blackbuster, a blackbuster, a blockbuster. The hell? What am I don't what am I what am, what am I talking about? But uh, Sheeta puts a a pumpkin over Abaddon's head to the delight of the audience. And Lazlin Katana for the win. After the match, Tony Storm comes out to pose. Okay. This is all setting up their match, their upcoming match. A lot of posing by Tony Khan, uh, not Tony Storm, excuse me. Tony Storm must pose. I mean, the, uh, the match was fine. You know, all in about itself, it was fine. I, you know, nothing, nothing ex extremely egregious, but, you know, I'm not that big a fan of these theme plunder matches anyway. Especially when everything is so, turns out to be so soft. Look, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Ring of Honor World Television title match. Rhett Titus got destroyed by Samoa Joe. That's all there is to it. Let's move on. We get a Claudio Castagnoli pre-tape. And in this pre-tape, he announces that Brian Danielson has a broken orbital bone and that he will be out. For the rest of the year. I don't know if it's Claudio who said it or if commentary. I don't remember. I don't remember if it's Claudio who said it or if commentary put over the fact that he would be out for uh, for the rest of 2023. Um, that is a bummer. But look, Claudio blames it on, you know, you know, the Rainmaker and or the Orange Punch. He said, look, I can't, I can't say, but you know, Cassidy, you took out one of our guys, so you know I'm, you know it's gonna get violent on Wednesday. He has a match with uh, Orange Cassidy for the international title. And he says, if I have to fly to Japan to teach a lesson to Okada, I will. All right, let's go. Book him the first flight out. I don't know what we're waiting for. What are we doing? Let, 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 let's go. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, but that's the thing right now, right? Is that uh, Claudio puts this over. Uh, and, uh, that could be, that could be just fine if he's putting it over, you know, using the injury to further an angle. That's pro wrestling. That's what it is. But I can't rule out the idea that this just might be a work. I, I can't. Uh, I know the finish to Dynamite this week was awkward, uh, finished a little oddly, uh, people staring at each other, uh, Doc Samson being there, you know, but like I, I, I'm i on the fence on this one, guys, gals, non-binary pals. Look, the, the fact that they came out, they being AEW, came out to say uh, 
to announce like on their official channels and whatnot. Oh, Danielson is injured and he's going to be out. He's going to require surgery. Like, okay. That's interesting. The fact that they did that, I think, adds some credence to the fact that it's that it, that it is a real injury, that it's shoot. But I can't help but wonder if this is not just a way to keep Danielson safe until you know. There's there's a lot of us who are still expecting a Wrestle Kingdom match between Danielson and Okada. And if he's out for the rest of 2023, Wrestle Kingdom's in 2024. I'm just saying. I mean, it'll it'd suck, right? And man, I mean, Danielson has just fallen at the seam. He's fallen apart at the seams. If this is if this is the thing, right? He's just he the guy can't can't catch a break. If this is the deal, indeed, right? Because. When I did the review this week, the Dynamite review, I was saying, look, I don't think he's injured. And it comes across as them wanting to put over the fact that Danielson can't get into the ring with Okada without getting hurt, like injured, right? Maybe this is legitimate at this point. Maybe this is absolutely what's happening is that Okada cannot wrestle Danielson, Brian Danielson, without hurting him. It could be. I'd be surprised. Okada doesn't exactly have a history of, 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 of hurting guys. That's right. Uh, look, uh, to be continued, but I'm still on the fence about this. If it's a shoot, it sucks. If it's not, well, let's work it. Let's go. <laughs> let's just do it. Then we get Ricky Starks uh, defeating Dax Harwood. Just as the match starts, the lights go out and the House of Black are in the arena. Just hanging out in the stands. They they don't even have seats. They're just like standing there. The lights, um, but uh, yeah, we'll have some more lights. Some laser light show later on, but uh, fine match here with uh, some even back and forth. Ricky Starks gets a heat segment and lands a suplex on the ramp. Uh, Dax with a brain buster and a pile driver. Get a pain attempt and Big Bill breaks it up. Ricky Starks, though, lands a pile driver of his own to seal the deal here. You know, interesting here. I think it was, was it, was it Kevin or was it Tony? Talking about, oh, now we're closing the door on FTR. Interesting. Not quite sure what the angle here is. Apologies for my sinuses today. Killing me. Hope it's not too disgusting. I find it's disgusting. I gotta be weary of that. Gotta be careful. After the match, the lights go out again in the house. A black are in the ring, turning their attention to FTR. They beat them up. And for the save comes La Faction Ingobernable. Where's Roosh? There's Roosh. Along with Preston Vance and uh, Dralistico and Jose. And uh, they beat up on the heels alongside FDR. They're left standing in the ring and staring down at each other at the same time. Can we trust you? I don't know. 
So LFI, baby faces, interesting. Here's another thing they wanted to, that uh, a lot of people wanted to address. What is Andrade's position here with LFI and all of that? Because you know, all these guys are connected and Andrade is an ingobernable as well, you know? So uh, he has an interview backstage with Lexi Nair. Still have to put over the work of Lexi Nair. I think she's... Uh, I think she's tremendous. She's really grown into something fantastic. Andrade says he's a businessman and this is his business and nobody else's and not even Lexi Nair understands what he's talking about. I'm glad that makes two of us. I guess I guess that means that he's not looking to pair up with his old pals. Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue are being interviewed again backstage as well. Statlander is trying to make sense of what's happening between Willow and Sky Blue. Willow says there's this tension between them since they got misted by Julia Hart. And Sky Blue says if there's anything they need to say uh, to Julia, it's between them and she. Uh, hit the bricks. Hits the bricks. There you go. Samoa Joe backstage. He's chatting it up with uh, MJF as MJF warms up for his match against Kenny Omega that is going to happen within the next few seconds. He says he just wants a championship and he's going to watch his back. And if he's in trouble tonight, just scream. I'll be there. What was that song? Just say my name and I'll be there, right? Same. So that continues as well. We get uh, Claudio Castagnoli uh, squashing Tracy Williams, which was a thing. In fact, I think I got those two segments confused, right? Got them mixed up. Not a big deal. They'd still happen. The Joe segment happened after the Claudio match. Anyway. And we get to the main event, AEW World Title Match. MJF successfully retained the World Championship against Kenny Omega. Just a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous match between two world-class athletes, uh, world-class pro wrestlers. MJF, once again, reminding us he's good. He's more than good. He's great. He is a tremendous professional wrestler. That the the gimmickry, the storylines, the 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 vignettes, all that stuff, the 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 skits, the bits, they're all superfluous to him because he truly is a complete package. And once again, AEW shows us, demonstrates, proves to us that the one thing that they excel in that makes them truly different from the competition is this type of quality match. You are not going to get this watching the other guys on Mondays, on Fridays, and especially fucking not on Tuesdays. You're not. You're not going to get this level of, uh, of match. Absolutely not. This is where AEW stakes its claim, plants its flag. It's the difference between... AEW and WWE, this is what they do best. This is what they do best. 
and you saw by the reactions in the crowd that this is what they they do best you can you saw by the reactions from people online watching that this is what they do best professional wrestling sticking to what they do best leave the sports entertainment to the sports entertainers all elite wrestling was built off the back of pro wrestlers and this is what we get fantastic stuff and this this match really doesn't wait before kicking in get the rise of the terminator early on by kenny omega mjf doing a fosbury flop okay he was a little off course kenny had to move a little bit to catch him but good he should catch him you know what i mean tremendous powerbomb backbreaker by mjf as well just lands uh, kenny really awkwardly but uh, just tremendous nonetheless and a great hammerlock DDT. Kind of like a, uh, um, oh, what's a, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hang on. I think I wrote it down here. Like, like a cradle shock. Like, uh, like Chris Saban's cradle shock. I don't know why I couldn't think about it. Um, Kenny Omega lands the you can't escape or at least he goes for it. But MJF lifts the knees. MJF does the kangaroo kick. And this is really the only nonsense of the entire of the entire match because MJF is all business here, and it's tremendous, and he is tremendous, and Kenny Omega is tremendous. Speaking of which, he gets a table, and he snap dragons MJF on the apron, then power bombs him off the apron through the table. Fantastic! What a great spot! They're back in the ring. They strike each other. MJF poisons Rana's. Out of a one-winged angel, he avoids a Kamagoya and lands a Made in Japan instead. Spinning suplex and a great pile driver by Kenny Omega. He power bombs MJF against the railing. We have a pair of V-triggers back in the ring. Don Callis comes out, distracts Kenny Omega. Few near falls, another V-trigger, more near falls. MJF lands the heat seeker, but Kenny Omega kicks out. MJF then goes for a Panama Sunrise for his buddy, but it's a little weak, you know, doesn't quite connect properly. So Kenny Omega is able to roll through it and rolls up MJF as well. But shortly thereafter, MJF lands a second Panama Sunrise, a proper one and another Heat Seeker. And that delivers the win. And then after you see the entire rogues gallery of MJF's uh rogues gallery i guess <laughs> the rogues of the rogues gallery uh all you know backstage in their own little environments watching the match samoa joe wardlow will hobbs will hobbs maybe more for kenny omega don Callis. i don't know bullet club gold as well like uh, you know they're all hanging out watching this match intently continuing to remain to remind us that MJF is being assaulted from all sides and that's fine. I'm into I think that's a great angle. I think that's a great story. For a champion, it should be that way. He should be overwhelmed. And eventually, you know, maybe he gets so overwhelmed that this is what forces him to drop the title or make a mistake or be unfocused cuz he's got all these people coming from all sides. Like he it's simple story. Look, I know you can't make bits in an Applebee's or a fucking Outback Steakhouse. Wasn't that what it was? I know you can't make those bits. 
with a boring old uh, wrestling-centric storyline, but it's effective. It works. It makes sense, and I'm into it. And MJF has been coming across more like a champion over the past couple of weeks than he has over the past, you know, since the entirety of the summer. He's really coming across as a top-level, top-tier guy. I've been... I like MJF. I will, I have, I, I've always been a fan, and I think he's only improving. I think he's... You know, I say this enough, more than enough, but, you know, I don't think there is a more complete package of a pro wrestler in 2023 than he is. Now, this angle, this stuff, it works. And when you combine it into this, into a match like this, when I see a match like this, I wonder. I, I sincerely scratch my chin and wonder why MJF feels he has to do, he has to go all of this extra mile to get these, these goofy angles over. He's, when he says, I'm better than you, like he is better than that. He is better than the, the gimmicks he tries to pull off. He's so solid. He's so good. And as many others have pointed out as we go along, he, this guy is a, he's a, he's a fan of pro wrestling. He's a fan of the history of pro wrestling. He watched tape. He, he knows where to pull references. Like the guy is, he knows. So he knows what he's doing. But I can only question, why does he lean into the nonsense so much when he has nothing to cover up? Right, you'd think that someone would do all the bits and the comedy and, and you know, all the nonsense. They do that to try and smoke and mirror a little bit, right? Try to try to uh, to, to to mask a little bit some of their deficiencies. But MJF doesn't have deficiencies. <laughs> That's the thing. He's he's a tremendous pro wrestler, standing toe to toe with Kenny Omega, one of the greatest of all time, and they're having a tremendous match one on one. And I said this two weeks ago. Put more Kenny Omega on my television. Let's move on to this bit. Let's put Kenny Omega more often on TV. Because I like watching Kenny Omega wrestle. You know, you wouldn't have to have, you wouldn't have to second rate things. You wouldn't have to wonder, oh, are we doing the right decision here? And I, again, there's a correlation between the business woes, I mean, there's multiple correlations, right? The business woes that that AEW has, you know, the, you know, the stagnating ratings, the very, you know, they're flat, they're good, but they're flat, uh, and the uh, the live business, right? The tickets. There's a correlation between the moment that things started to drop with when the elite disappeared from television. Because, again, it is these people, Omega, The Bucks, Hangman Page, Cody at the time. These are the people that got people, fans, to tune in to watch AEW. That's why you came in, was to see these underground international stars that never got a, never got a, a proper shot of North American uh, uh, mainstream television. They're coming in with a billionaire 
funded project, brand new promotion, alternative, game changer, let's go. These are the people we were tuning in to watch. And then they sort of peter out, disappear. And we know why. Look, there's multiple reasons why. I'm not just blaming this entirely on the fact that they were that they were not gone, that they were gone, excuse me. Uh, there were reasons why they were gone. <laughs> but they have to, you know, why isn't Kenny Omega on television more? Wrestling. Why aren't the Bucks on television more wrestling? And I mean wrestling, not in six-man tags. Adam Page. Cody's on TV wrestling, but for the other guys. You know, this is what this is what this company was missing. This is the the this is the form of AEW that I really like. And Collision, I thought was a good show this week. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Tremendous main event. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. I give it a 4.5 out of 5. I think that's a good rating because it's mine. But you should watch it. Tremendous television match. You're like 30 minutes that just flows by. You're just like, ah, this is great. And, you know, the signature long main event match on Collision is so refreshing. It's so good. It is one of the true, you know, where you're like, you, you rub your hands together and you're like, ah, collision is going to be great this week. We've got this tremendous main event and it's going to go long and it's going to be great. You know, they gave it time. They made it feel important. Maybe they shouldn't have booked it here or maybe they should have. But you know what? Look, we ended up getting a fucking cool match. What more do you want? And we're going to wrap it up for today, folks. That's what I want. I want to get on with uh, watching more wrestling, actually. Because <laughs> I got a I got a podcast to do this Tuesday. We record live on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. So if you want to jump in, 7 p.m. Eastern is when we start up the stream. Otherwise, the uh, everything will be available the next day on podcasts and on demand without an issue. So I'll be back on Tuesday to do that. In the meantime, I hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for being here. And I'll see you next time.